Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. Good morning and welcome to our Simple Church online campus. My name is Tim Toole. I am the associate pastor here. Uh, I just want to say welcome. Thank you for joining us here. I want to encourage you to uh, participate in the chat forum that we've got going on down there. You can ask for prayer requests. You can fill out our Connect card. Uh, let people know that you're here and enjoy the community. Um, thank you again for coming. And with that, I say, enough with the bad news. So much bad news. We're almost done with 2020, and I, I know we can, we can all admit that this has been a pretty rough year, and uh, it's, been, it's been a challenging year. And, and the encouraging words are, it ain't over yet. We still got three more months to 2020, and, and, uh, and, and I am right there with you if you're having a hard time keeping a positive attitude through all of this, that, that having a, a right perspective of faith during all of that's going on in, in, in our world right now is, is extremely challenging. Look, we're still having online services because of the pandemic, that, and, and then there's a myriad of other issues that we're having with, along with the pandemic that just makes life hard. It makes life hard. And on, and on top of that, I know that you're all probably suffering some sort of pain or some struggle that there's a challenge going on in your life. If, if, if it's in your marriage, if it's with your families, in your workplace, maybe there's uh, death in the family or sickness in the family, you might be having financial troubles right now, uh, you're, you're watching the news and just seeing the, the, the dark storm that's playing out there, politics, don't even get me started on politics, it just seems like everything is spiraling right now. Well, my message to you is this, stay positive. Stay positive. That, that's going to be the focus of the next handful of weeks as we work through this, this series of, of staying positive. My call for you today is to stay positive, to have a positive attitude uh, of faith, to look for, for the good and believe that God is still on his throne and he is still working hard and he's got this under control. And, and in that work, we still get to participate with him in what he's doing. Let's stay positive. Let's be optimistic about the future. Optimism. It's a cool word, right? What is optimism? Well, let's start off with what optimism is not. Optimism is not a denial of reality. Optimism is not sticking your head in the sand and keep on telling yourself that everything is okay and that nothing is wrong. That is not what optimism is. Now, I've been in situations where I'm telling myself everything is okay, everything's okay, when it so clearly isn't. This might be a slightly graphic story, but back in my time of kitchens, we would get these whole bone-in pork loins, and I had this big, long scimitar, and you would take the, the pork loin, and you would take the knife, and you would whack through the bones to take the chine bones off so that you'd have the rack of ribs and the, and the boneless pork loin. So as I'm whacking along, I went in once, I felt it go into my finger, and I had to pop it out of my finger. And my next response was to hold my finger up, hit, grab it with my other hand, go, it's okay, it's okay, everything's okay. Let me tell you, everything was not okay. It didn't matter how optimistic I was. That knife had sunk into my knuckle and was flayed open and bleeding all over the place. Everything was not okay. Now, you might be having these knife-in-your-knuckle situations right now where, where, where something is just crashing and burning, and it's not okay. And all the optimism in the world is you, with you saying, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Um, it's, it's probably not okay. That, that optimism is not a denial of reality. Reality is, the reality is that we all have significant challenges going on 
in, in our lives, in the world, and ignoring them is not the answer. A denial of reality is not an attitude of optimism. Optimism is also not blind faith, a naive and wishful thinking that all these challenges are going to work out wonderfully, even if, if, even if we don't do anything about them, that we just like kind of put the, the, the blinders on and walk through and just kind of ignore it, the stuff along on side of us and say, it's, it's going to be okay, um, God's going to take care of it, even if I, I don't do anything. If, if optimism was blind faith, I could be saying to myself, you know, God wants me skinny, he'll make me skinny, I won't have to do anything about it. I just have the, the blind faith that God's going to do it. Guess what? I'm still fat, and God's not going to go and make me skinny. That, that, uh, that, 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 that blind faith is not what optimism is. So what is optimism? If, if I'm calling you to be optimistic, to be optimistic about the future, what does that mean? Now, the online definition of optimism is this. It's an inclination to put the most favorable construction upon actions and events to anticipate the best possible outcome. Sounds very dictionary-like, like, right? So, so optimism is this confidence about the future that there will be a successful outcome, that something good is coming and there's assurance for a successful outcome no matter what the situation is. Optimism is a mindset that leads toward an expectation that what is best is what's gonna happen. Now, you know optimists, right? People that have this mindset, this outward display of, of optimistic attitude, this like, almost like sickingly sweet enthusiasm. One of my favorite optimists is SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants, he is, he is optimist to the core. Post up an amen in the thread if you can relate to SpongeBob. He, everything, everything's good, everything's great, it's all gonna work. Now quickly, everything's happy, and, and you do the SpongeBob laugh, which I'm not gonna do. Now for you pessimists, those that relate to Squidward, the SpongeBob's of the world drive you nuts. Post up a thumbs down if you can relate to Squidward relating to the SpongeBob's. On a certain level, I'm encouraging you to be a SpongeBob optimist. You can be a SpongeBob optimist. But know that there is a spiritual weight that comes with optimism. That, that as, a, as, a, as a Christian, as a believer, I believe there is a Christian perspective to optimism that we as believers need to hold on tight to. Here's the Christian optimism. A Christian perspective of optimism is this, that we have an unwavering expectation that our loving God is working in every situation for our future good. It's an assurance deep in our soul that he is here and he is involved in all that is going on. This is Christian optimism. And we've got, this found, we've got a foundation of this in Scripture. So Paul shares with us in Romans 8. Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. We all know this verse, right? We all know this verse. The Amplified ver Version has it, has it even, even, even more optimistic. And we know with great confidence that God who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for, for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. This is Christian optimism. But the squid word in us likes to focus on the everything from these verses. We wallow in the suck, in the pain, in the negativity, in the fear. We focus on the event. What are some of your everythings? Post up in the thread what some of your everythings are that, that, that you're looking at, the, uh, the events, the situations that, that right now um, just, just kind of suck. 
I know we've, we've, we've got friends whose, whose marriages are, are kind of falling apart. We've got, we've got, we've got friends and families whose, whose, whose children are kind of like going off the rail. Finances that, that are just kind of crumbling with the coronavirus. People that are, that are, 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 are invested in the social unrest and, and, the, and the politics that are going on. Me recently, I've had, I've had death in, in my family, a, a close personal death in my family. And, 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 and this is, these are some of the everythings. Where are you being pressed? Where are you being challenged? Where are the areas that, that you would look at as being those negative situations, those everythings? Christian optimism says this, that, that, that we know that God is working for the good of those who love him in those situations. That even a worst-case scenario, it still holds, it still holds the potential to produce a, a positive purpose, a, a, have a positive outcome, a future good. And our thinking should be pointed in that direction. Instead of thinking on, on the event, on the negativity, on the fear of the situation, we should be thinking about the future good. We should be thinking about the God-driven outcome. We should be thinking about the potential purpose of the situations that we're all in. Because, because if we think that way, it will impact how we respond. Proverbs 4.23 says this. Be very careful about what you think. You, your thoughts run your life. This is, this is a, a, disciplined, a, a disciplined thinking here that, that we're being called to. Be very careful about what you think. You thoughts run your life. I need an editor to proofread all my, 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 my scripture verses there. Um, be careful what you think. That, that, that a lot of us have, have a default mindset where, where we're just thinking about whatever we're thinking about without a whole bunch of purpose to it. But, but scripture is telling us that we need to be intentional about what we are thinking about. So, what do you think about? What do you think about? Do you, do you ever think about what you think about? Or why you are thinking about what you're thinking about? Or what is influencing you think about what you're thinking about and how you're thinking about it? Now, that may have all seemed kind of fast and, si and silly, but, but I want you to press pause for a moment and try to get your mind right and think about what you're thinking about. Understand that, that your thinking can be very default-driven or very disciplined-driven. That your thinking can be very intentional. And if it's not intentional, then, then it's a default. It's just, on, it's just, it's just going with, with no purpose or thought process behind it. And, and if you're in a default mode of thinking, that default mode of thinking is very susceptible to all sorts of inf influences. So, what do you think about? How do you th what do you think about what you think about? How do you process your thoughts about the everythings that you're in? How do you process your thoughts about, about the events now or, or, or the, the, the future, the outcomes that are coming? What or who is influencing those thoughts? What, what's feeding those thoughts? What are the quality of your thoughts impacted by? And how do those thoughts impact your life? How do those, how do those thoughts impact your life? Because, because really, the, your thought life has such a, a significant impact on the reality of your life. And, and we'll go back to SpongeBob and Squidward. So, are you more SpongeBob or are you more Squidward? Or is, is that a, a default or a disciplined result of, of how you are, more SpongeBob or Squidward? And, and really, which one do you want to be more like? Which one do you want to be more like? Do you think if, if Squidward was thinking positively that he'd be more like SpongeBob? And if you think SpongeBob was thinking negatively, he'd be more like Squidward? 
from, from a Christian perspective, we need to be intentionally thinking about how we think. And Paul challenges us to just that, to be intentional, to be very disciplined in our thinking. We'll see this in Philippians. You all know this verse too. Philippians 4.8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. This is very intentional thinking here. Now, over this last year, I've spent a lot of time um, with family because of situations back home with family. And, and I've got several members of my family that, that consume news channels 24-7 from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to bed. Uh, they are watching the news. Now, I'm old enough to remember where you had the morning news that was on for like an hour and the evening news, the local news for a half an hour and the national news for a half an hour, that, that you, you were able to get the news in small doses. But now... It is 24-7, and I've got family members that when they wake up, they turn the TV on, and they sit there, and, and they watch the news. And, and that 24-hour cycle of news is very repetitious and, and very depressing. There's good stuff in there. There's important stuff in there. But when it's on this cycle, when, it, when this, this, this cycle is just constantly feeding your, your mind, your heart, your spirit, um, most of those family members that were in that kind of pattern uh, were very angry, were frustrated, they had fearful attitudes, it, it transformed their, their mindset around everything into this, into this almost deep negativity, and they were, and they were more, more than willing to encourage you to join on in. It was exhausting. It was exhausting. My, my strategy with them is, as I'm sitting there and either watching the news on repeat or getting into discussions about the news on repeat, my my goal is to shift the dialogue from what they were consuming, the things that they wanted to talk about, to things that were good and joyful and right. We shifted, I, I tried to shift the, con, the, the conversation to talks about Rowan playing tennis. She's having a great year and really excited about how, the outcome of this year. I could talk about Aiden's Eagle Scout project. They wanted to hear about that and, and, and the process that he's going through and, and, and the hopes of being able to get Eagle before he turns 18, which, which uh, is a couple of days ago. That, that I would talk to them about plans of hot sauces or, or, or family road trips and go figure. You know what happened? Their attitudes shifted. Even if it was just for that little, little moment of time, their, their attitudes slowly shifted. Now, most of my family are not believers, but I could still be pointing them in the direction that Paul's letter to the Philippians is posting to go. Think about these things. Think about these things that are good and right and lovely. Now, as easy as for me to point out where, where others are thinking poorly and where they're being influenced by those poor influences, um, I need to do a reality check with myself. The books I read, the podcasts I listen to, the, the music I take in, the news I watch, how are those impacting and influencing me? Now, I could, I could be talking about my family members, and, and they would have no correlation, they would have no connection to the way that they were feeling compared to uh, the, the way they were feeling and thinking compared to what they were consuming. And guess what? I'm really no different. Then on a, on a default path, I'm not thinking about what I'm thinking about. I'm not thinking about what I'm being influenced by. But, but, I, but I need to do a reality check. I need to think about what I'm thinking about and think about what's influencing what I think about and, and how, and how that, that impacts how I respond to, to others, to, to you, to my family, to, to God, that, that, that how I think and how I'm influenced to think impacts 
all the everythings in my life. So, what consumes your thoughts? What controls or influences your mindset? Does your mindset and, and thought life drift to a hope in God or an optimism in his power? Or, or do they drift or race headlong into the negative with worry, doubt, and fear? Does your thought life feed your faith? Or does your thought life feed your fear? Because whatever you feed tends to grow. And whatever you starve tends to die. I want to starve the wrong thoughts. I want to starve the wrong voices, the wrong stories. And I want to feed the things that, that grow my faith, that grow my hope, that, that influence better responses to the events around me, that, that I can respond better to the everythings, respond in the way that God would have me respond so that I could see the future good play out. I want to starve the fear and feed my faith. I want to starve the negativity and feed the positive. So what are the paths of fear and negativity out there? Well, the news is one of them. Stop watching 24 hours of news. Social media, for sure. Being around negative storytellers. Being around people that, that, that BCD or, 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 or just have wretched stories of negativity. And, and, and really, that could be me, too. That, that I can tell my own stories, horrible stories. I can BCD to myself and, and, and have, that, have that impact me. And BCD is, is blame, complain, defend. I'm, um, I'm sure you know others. There, you, if you think about it, even just a little bit, you can identify the negative voices out there and the, and the negativity and fear selves. You know it does. Our world is a smorgasbord, smorgasbord of fear and negativity. And misery loves company, right? It takes work to get out of that. It takes work to step out of that and step above it. It takes work to starve the negativity and feed our faith. So if I'm starving negativity, does that mean I don't watch the news or participate in social media at all? Um, no. I, I do watch the news. I, I do participate in social media. If I remove news and social media uh, completely, that would be, in essence, me burying my head in the sand. But, but I know I need to be intentional and disciplined about the quantity of time I allow for this influence. If I allow politics or news or social media to be the constant noise in my life, then that noise is going to influence my thinking. It's going to feed my fears. It's going to feed my worries. It's going to impact my, my responses. It's going to impact my thought life on, on a variety of other areas. It, it could very possibly put some distance between me and my faith, my hope, my contentment, my effectiveness. How about you? What are those negative influences? What, what, what are the negative influences you're thinking? The things that influence how you think about things, the things of the world and not of God. Now, Paul speaks to, to thinking a lot in Romans. Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Starve those fears. Starve the negativity. Starve those worldly behaviors. Keep them in their right place. Starve your fears and feed your faith. God wants to be the transformation maker in your life. And that transformation, you becoming a new person, plays out in the way you think. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. What controls your mind controls your life. What, con what consumes your thoughts? Are your thoughts intentionally moving to faith in God, optimism and, and faith in his power, or drifting again to the negative, concern and worry? 
Whatever you feed tends to grow. Whatever you starve tends to die. I want to starve the wrong voices that rob me of potential joy and feed the things that grow my faith. Yeah, but Pastor Tim, there's so much negative out there. There's so much suffering. I am enduring so much suffering. How can I be optimistic? How can I think future good when, when so much hurts right here, right now? Paul's got, Paul's got an answer there for you. Let's look at Romans 8 as a challenge in how we think about what we think about when it comes to the pain and suffering in and around us. Romans 8.18 says this. <clears throat> Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal later to us. What we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. So which is greater, current suffering or future, or future glory? Paul says there's no comparison. There's no comparison. One is so far greater than the other that it's, there's no comparison. So where are you hurting right now? Where are you experiencing hardship that, that deeply grieves your soul? Job loss, sickness, battling diseases, relational challenges with marriage or kids, betrayal, inconvenience of working at home. I, I can choose to run with a default negative mindset through all of these issues. I can take the squidward path of negativity and fear, or I can choose a more disciplined response. I can press pause in the moment of pain and get my mind right. Feed my faith with prayer and scripture, letting God transform me into a new person by changing the way I think, knowing that whatever I'm suffering now is nothing compared to what he's got for us in the future. That, that this struggle right now is just a momentary struggle. It's a momentary trial. It's, it's not even worth comparing. It might seem like, man, this is never going to end. It's never going to end. And yet, because of Romans 8.28, in the Amplified Version, we can say this, and we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God, to those who are calling to his plan and purpose. Christian optimism, an unwavering expectation that our loving God is working in every, every situation for our future good. An assurance deep in my soul that he is here and he is involved in all that is going on. The suffering of today is going to lead to the glory upcoming. I have an opportunity to press pause and get my mind right. To look at the situations in front of me and through prayer and God's word, have a better understanding of what a next step is and knowing that God has a plan for this. Does this mean my life is going to be easier? That the suffering is going to stop? That I'll be comfortable or happy and I'll get everything that I want? <laughs> no, probably not. That's not, how it, that's not how it's probably going to work out for you, at least in the short run. But if what I want, if what I desire, if what I think has been transformed into what God wants, to what God desires and what God thinks, then I am for sure on the right path for that future good. And, and I will have the, the, the suffering now in its right place compared to the, the future glory that's coming, that, that my thinking has, is going to be shifted to this optimistic mindset and, and be transformed into what he desires for me. But Pastor Tim, you might be saying, I'm not strong enough to walk that path. The suffering is too much. The pain is too much. The grief is too much. I'm second-guessing myself and, and, and all those around me. Well, Romans 8, 23 and 26 offer some wonderful news here. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. 
<clears throat> I need this reminder. I need my thinking re renewed with, with this understanding. I need my faith fed continually with this wonderful news that not only am I not on my own here, but I have the greatest support system available. I have the Holy Spirit within me, helping me in my weakness. Are you feeling weak and overwhelmed? Are you feeling discouraged at the end of your ropes? Well, guess what? You're in the right place. You are in the right place because, because God helps those who need help. He helps those who are weak and are broken and who call out to him. So if you're hurting right now, who is God? He's your comfort. If you're confused, he is your guide. If you're discouraged, he is your home. If you're anxious, he is your peace. If you are weak, he is your strength. Listen closely. Starve the fear and feed your faith. Hang in Romans 8.28 and let it sink in that in all things, the good things and the bad things, the, the, the days that, that are good, the days that I endure, the heartbreaks and the inconveniences, in all things, he is working towards the future good. He is there and hard at work. He is with you. Shift your mindset to that Christian optimism. Have that unwavering expectation that our loving God is working in every situation for our future good. Because, because he is. That's where he is. So, if all that is true, what do you do now? As you think about what you think about, consider how you step up and starve your fears and feed your faith. Press pause. And, and seriously look at what you're allowing to influence your thinking. How much time and energy are you spending consuming things that only feed that fear, that foster worry, that, that amplify negativity and drama? Start intentionally starving those influences. Stop your BCD, remove the apps, block websites, limit time on, on the news. Starve those fears, starve those fears, and then feed your faith. Are you in scripture? Start. If you're, if you're in it now, read some more. Are, are, are you praying? Do, is, your prayer life, is your prayer life active? Is your prayer life alive? If, if not, start. Start somewhere. Get connected with other believers. Get connected with, with grow groups that are looking to take steps, and, steps forward and, and respond well to the events around us. Just because you aren't spending as much time watching the news or paying attention to social media, if, that, if that's the stuff that you're, you're cutting out and, and trimming down, um, that doesn't mean that you have to have your head in the sand with what's going on in our world today. If you're, if you're feeding your faith, if you've, got, if you've got the outside influences in the right place and you're feeding your faith and, and you're relying on God to be your strength to your weakness, he will provide you opportunities for you to participate with him. That, 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 that the seeing the future good play out, you might get a part of making a difference there. But if you're, but if you're stuck in the squidward mode, if you're stuck in, in the negativity, if you're not staying positive, if you don't have this Christian optimism, you're, you're going to be ineffective. You're going to be ineffective. You're going to be useless. God's not going to be able to do a whole bunch with you. But, but if you feed your faith and you're paying attention to him and your trust is there, you will get the opportunities to, to make a difference, to be a part of the change, to be a part of, of, of the good that he's got planned. So, so you have to do that. You have to think about your think about and think about the influences that are going on and make some decisions. You've got to press pause, get your mind right, and step up. Step up and do the right thing. But I also want to encourage you one other thing. 
to, to help others do the same. You can be an influencer when in, in other people's lives. We're not meant to do this on our own. You have the opportunity to, to help, help others uh, stay positive, to give them encouragement, to help starve their fears and feed their faith. You can help others tell a better story, to help them get their mind right, to encourage them to, to feed their faith, their faith and step up into action and also be a part of what God is doing for his future good. Together, we can participate in what God is doing. We can participate in what he's doing for the future, and we can participate together in making a difference. Starve your fears and feed your faith. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the encouragement that comes, comes through it. And, and, uh, and man, I just, I just thank you that, that you've got this under control. Even though there are, there are moments in my life where I think everything is just like out of control, that I don't got this, that it doesn't matter how much I'm, me saying, it's, it's, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay, that, that I'm just not buying it. But I'm, but I'm grateful for you, I'm grateful for your son, I'm grateful for your Holy Spirit, and that, and that be, because of you, it is under control, that the future good is going to play out. And Father, I pray that, that you help me uh, see my thinking be transformed so, so that my faith can strengthen and that I can walk alongside of you and participate in all the beautiful and awesome things that you've got planned. Please let me be a part of that. And Father, I pray that for our congregation as well. That I, I, I pray that, that, that you challenge us all to, to shift our, our eyes, our heart, our mind away from um, the negative influences of the world towards your positive influences and how you want to transform us so ultimately we can have an impact on the negatives of the world. Father, I, I lift up our congregation to you and, and I pray that you just do amazing things in and through us. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. You've got some great opportunities out there. You've got some great opportunities that, that as a believer, we, we know that we've got the Holy Spirit and, and, and he is gonna strengthen us up. But there might be some of you out there that it's like, you know what, I'm not on that path. <clears throat> I'm, I'm not on that walk that, that, that I don't think I have the Holy Spirit, that, I, that, that, that Jesus Christ is still someone that I'm not close with. Uh, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you an opportunity today, right here, right now, to, to, to take the first step on that relationship with Jesus, that, that, that this hope and this faith that we get to see here in, in Romans can be yours as well. And, and that just, that comes from a, a, a moment of, of confession and belief, that you have the opportunity just to, to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to take that first step. I'm going I'm to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that, that he lived and died on the cross for me, that he was resurrected uh, by God the Father, and that we can have everlasting life in him, that, that, that I'm going I'm to take that step today. I'm going to call him Lord and Savior and, and, and start following after him. And, and guess what? You're not going to be perfect at it. I'm not perfect at it. Nobody here is perfect at it. But as, but as a community of Christians, we get to walk together and see that transformation play out in our lives for the greater good. And I'm going to offer up a prayer right now. If, if you want to say that prayer, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheer you on and say, let's, let's go for it. But know that there's nothing magic in that prayer. This is just an opportunity for you to, to confess and believe and start that journey. So let's go ahead and pray. So, Father, this morning, I, I, I give my life to you. I accept Jesus Christ as, as Lord and Savior and and uh, I'm going I'm to take the first steps in following after him. I pray that you transform my life 
as, as you share about transforming my thinking, that you make me a different person. I, I just, uh, I, I thank you. I thank you for all of this. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If that was you today, there's a little thing popping up on the chat forum that says, I, I made that commitment today. Hit that tab. Let us celebrate with you. Everybody is celebrating with you right now. It is a beautiful thing, the, the steps that you're taking. This is, your, this is your first step with a relationship with God, and, uh, and, and we want to celebrate with you. And, and we want to walk with you as well. That there's a Connect card on, on the app there somewhere, and, and we want you to fill out that Connect card and let us know that you're starting the journey, and, and we've got some steps to help you start that journey off well, and we would love to walk with you at, at it. We've got, I've got one announcement that I want to throw out there that our In This Together campaign is doing a Holiday Hope 2020 where we are uh, going to be looking for donors that will help sponsor families of, of young children that need Christmas gifts. Uh, there will be a link on our website and probably on Facebook. You've probably already seen it, um, but we would love for you to participate. Instead of doing our, our angel tree that we would traditionally do in our, our building space, we're doing Holiday Hope 2020 that is something similar but is but it's a simple church run, organized, and, and uh, we, we want you to participate and have an impact on the community around us. And last, I'm going to throw up there that, that uh, tithes and offerings. We would love for you to still uh, give your tithes and offerings. We've got three different options that are going to pop up on the screen here. You can give online via text or, or through the mail, but, but know that even though we're not in a building, God's work is still going on, and, and we get to financially participate in a, in a lot of missions and ministries uh, in our community, in the United States, and around the world, and, and uh, your tithes and offerings go towards us being able to participate, going, going to you being able to, to continue to participate in what God's doing in the world. So I'm going to lift up the, the prayer for the offering, and then I'm going to say, you guys have a great rest of the day and rest of your week. Father, again, I thank you for, I thank you for today. I, I thank you for the opportunity that you give us to uh, serve uh, alongside your missions and mi missionaries, I, I pray that you just uh, continue to, to guide us in how uh, we use the money that it just goes to benefit, bless, and grow the kingdom. We thank you for, for all that you're doing in and through us, Father. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Excellent. Well, you all have a great week, and, and I hope to see you soon, Simple Church.